0: Welcome to the industry show. I'm your host, Nitin Pajaj, and joining me today is Veera Mahajan. Veera, welcome on the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Great to have you here. Let's start with who is Veera?
1: Who is Veera? Veera is um, someone who keeps reinventing herself as the situation comes. So I'm not afraid of taking chances, Mm -hmm. and I am always looking for new opportunities. And if you know, people say, don't be a quitter. I don't believe in that. If something doesn't work, I think you have a right to re-choose and uh, go to the next choice. So, so far it's worked for me, you know, including my marriage. <laughs> stayed in it for as long as I could, as long as I needed to. It didn't work. And I think I'm uh, much happier, more independent, I'm just more empowered to do what I want to do. Yeah, Those are the
0: right values plan. to optimize for. So kudos <laughs> and congratulations on making the right choice.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Tell us,
0: you know, I, I tend to ask people what, what they do for a living, but what just having known you and uh, talked about several different things, I want to know what gets you all excited in the morning and what motivates you.
1: In the morning, the first thing I do is I just look outside. Luckily, I have a beautiful view. Yes. and As you can see, I have two little puppies. <laughs> and uh, So they just give me such a feeling of being grateful to yes. be alive another day. And I don't expect a whole lot. I know the bigger universe I trust in that knows better. I was just listening to a reel. once in a while I go through those uh, Instagram reels and uh, surprising enough, it was Shahrukh Khan that, Mm -hmm. not Shahrukh Khan, Salman Khan, which nobody expects him to be so um, spiritual. Mm -hmm. He said to make plans is like making God laugh at you. Because as you've seen, you can make plans, you can do whatever you want. Things are gonna happen how someone else up there is planning for you and things change in a minute. And you just have to be open. So I just get up and I'm grateful to have what I have and the opportunities that I know I have, I'm working on. Other than that, I just want to do my best and see what happens. And it's actually a really fun way of living to surprise yourself and stay in that excitement and just be happy and looking forward instead of looking like, oh my God, all that bad stuff. I'm like, okay, what's happening today? And my first uh, very honest prayer I've done for a while now is uh, I pray to uh, God. I don't have one God or one religion, but I am a spiritual person. I believe in God. So I just say, help me do the best that you made me or want me to do. And uh, I think that also works well. And it takes a lot of pressure off of me to just go out and live.
0: True. So... You've run a software company, you're an author, you're a speaker, you have worn and you continue to wear multiple hats. You had a a very uh, successful magazine that was bought out. So what do you do for a living today? What's your focus?
1: Uh, Again, I have a few different irons in the fire (laughs) and I like to keep them open, not just because of Uh, Of course, income stream is also very important Mm -hmm. and everybody says you should have a few different income streams and I'm working on that and also it's just exciting and, you know, if you are working on something and saying this is all I do, you're closing everything else out, something else exciting comes, I'm always open to listening and uh, I still don't work, I don't ever want to work 24 hours, you know. well, you can't work 24 hours, but even 18 hours or 16 hours. I don't want to kill myself working, but I want to keep it exciting. So I keep it open. I go, listen. And some places you can just be an investor. Somewhere you can be just an advisor. Somewhere you can be you know, a referral and let people connect. And uh, so I stay open. But overall, I am very focused on working as a speaker on women empowerment. And I want to encourage women to love themselves so much that they never allow anyone else to take control. And then you become uh, sad and hurt and not happy inside. I don't want to pretend to be happy. I want to be happy. And that's what I want to encourage other people and especially women to learn right from start. So that's why I work with young girls. I speak at colleges. And I'm looking for more opportunities if, you know, as many colleges and young people that I can talk to to know the good relationship, what should be. If they don't even know what a good relationship should be, they will accept bad behavior as the normal. And then that goes from generation to generation. So I'm trying to break that cycle of abuse and encourage self love and encourage. not to stay in a victim syndrome people love to stay in a victim syndrome blame somebody else for whatever's bad is happening to you but including abuse i think we need to take our own role what is our role in it so i'm trying to teach that encourage that and i have a book like you said on it it's called unreported i actually have a copy uh, it's called Unreported because domestic abuse is unreported crime. I'm writing a screenplay. I have written a screenplay. I'm um, raising funds to make a film. It's a feature film and uh, murder mystery with the undertone of domestic abuse. So I'm doing a lot of things like that with other little irons that I'm working on.
0: Yes. So Usually my follow-up question is why I do this, but you did an extremely good job putting bringing that perspective in your what is really driven by why and uh, you know you have been and you continue to be a champion to help women realize their self-worth, which is extremely important. So thanks again for doing what you do. Uh, you also have a TEDx talk that will link uh, you know when we uh, when this is released. So again, you know, amazing work that you're doing. so please continue to do so. Thank you. as you as you go about doing this, You know, there's obviously many different challenges that you and the community at large has to face. What would you say is the one big challenge that uh, you are facing?
1: I think it's more of awareness and denial. People don't want to know that uh, abuse exists, even though they see it. You know, it's like you see a tap water running and uh, it's like, oh, the water is running, but they don't want to do anything about it. And, uh, or they just deny and walk away. You know, a lot of times you'll see a sprinkler or something broken. Nobody does anything about it. But um, yeah, people here ask me, oh, was your husband Indian? And they think that is the problem. You put the blame somewhere else. And that's not true. Domestic abuse is a global problem. And I tell them, yes, in Indian, in India, it's not accepted or condoned, but it's over, you know, overlooked. Or people like they told me, Vera, you're not the only one. We're all living like that. Mm-hmm. We're all in the same boat. I'm like, no, I don't want to be in that boat. Come to my boat. Let's go to somewhere where we're not being abused. You know, why do we like these uh, me too things? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in a me too where, oh, I was abused and I was abused. Why don't we all be in a me too where I'm living a happy life? I'm mm-hmm. living in a life. So I'm trying to encourage that. And that's where... The problem is I go to India, like you said, I did Ted talk there. I've been talking to a chairman of a university in Nepal and he's willing to give me a lecture that I can teach online, but he's still not willing to talk about domestic abuse. He said, you can bring in something else and then you can sneak this in and he's okay with that. But he doesn't, you know, he just feel like even women, they think they're okay you know in india i am involved in a really big organization they gave me a title of uh, president of women's wings it's called nri welfare society and they know people all around the world they give all kinds of awards they've given me awards for my writing that's how you know i found out that i was the only person ever to have done a mainstream magazine mm. uh, i mean only ever indian origin person to do a mainstream magazine in Indi- in us and they gave me award for all that kind of stuff, but, and they know my story, they applaud my story, but nobody wants to do anything about it. So that's the, that's the challenge I'm having. How do I t- encourage at least the people in power, people in position to get together and make this change? Because if they are fine and they may or may not be abusers, so their family seems okay and uh, acceptable, and yeah, they just oversee everything else. So I'm just, that's my biggest challenge.
0: Yeah, creating awareness. And, and then, you know, with that comes the sensitivity. Oh, A yeah. lot of people yeah. are just not calibrated the right way to even yeah. be cognizant of yeah. what is abuse. Because, and, it's, yeah.
1: And they don't want to see because they may not be treating their women our children as well, because if they are the commanders of the family and the whole family accepts them as the commander, my husband actually, during the divorce, he told me, my ex-husband, I believe I'm a God. If you believe that, we'll all be happy. (laughs) Like really? Yeah, so that's the thing. If they think their families are okay, it may not necessarily be true just because everybody's accepting them. They're in power. You know, like moms, they say, your dad just loves you. He's doing this because he loves you and everybody starts accepting and they become dads in the next generation and they do the same thing. Right. And that's how the abuse is growing. And there's so many, these kind of different ways, either denial or unaware, not being aware of it. So that's why my book, first of all, is about awareness. I talk about all different kinds of abuse. And then I tell them, you know, like, if you feel this, this is abuse. And then How do you get out of it? And this, you know, like during the divorce, I was going from lawyer to counselor, counselor to lawyer. They were saying, you know, I'm not your counselor. I'm not your lawyer. I'm crying back and forth. Mm -hmm. And with the little book, I have brought so much information in that, that uh, all the questions that they were not answering for me. And then eventually I got answered. And then I got, you know, them answered and cleared by the interviews that I did. So a lot of information in that book, that's kind of my goal right now to at least make people aware, show these women what looks like happy. You know, when I moved to California three months after my divorce, I got divorced earlier, but then I stayed in Michigan for a little while, then I moved here. And that was the big change. Three months later, I woke up one day, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't cried for three months. And that's that's the freedom I had never known before. And I want people to know that freedom unless you know you don't know what you're missing right so
0: So, true so you know as you talk about the big challenge of awareness on the flip side of it comes the opportunity so what's the most exciting one that uh, you are targeting
1: I think I wanted I'm just talking when I went to uh, Oxford University I talked and all the young people, they just ran to me after that because I said I have some books I brought to you know give away, mm-hmm. and uh, they just wanted the books and they just like you can't believe it's like this is what a woman should be and they you know right away start saying it's the I'm their role model. My neighbor here actually there were she has three daughters and she to, she told me one that I tell them look at Vera she's doing it on her own. You mm-hmm. don't have to be dependent on a man to have a better life. I mean, it's fun. It's nice to have a companion. It's nice to have a partner, but you shouldn't be dependent on anything. So those are the things talking to younger people. When I see like, oh my God, I'm gonna help her make better decisions from now on. And she's learning or she's starting to think about how it's not just, I have to listen to someone else's rules. how no matter how unfair they are just to be able to survive or recently I had a talk at Pepper 9 and this girl literally said I'll be the last one out in the new job and she was afraid that she's going to be yelled at by a professor or the employer I'm like no is that part of your resume that I by the way I do also accept yelling or whatever like if it's not then don't do it Do the job that you are sending your resume for. And that's what you're getting paid for. So yeah, accepting abuse is not in our resume and we're not going to accept it. So these are the things that excite me, you know, to help young girls at least change this for a new generation because they're going to be new moms and they're going to be new parents and they will help, you know, produce and rare, better and more empowered children. So So, so
0: important. Yes, a
1: better future for all of us, right?
0: Yes. And know, as we look at the future, I want to take a pause and look in the rear view mirror in your own journey, personal and professional. I'd love for you to highlight two instances. One that blew your own expectations, became a success beyond your imagination. And on the other end, something that did not work out as you had planned and was a failure became a lesson.
1: Well, again, uh, on personal level, marriage, you know, divorce can be, and most people see it as a failure of the marriage. But when you see that I was, I lived in abuse from my childhood and then as a wife, and then as a, you know, as a mom, it was horrible, but surviving all that and coming out of that and living the life I'm living right now, it is a success story of survival. You yes. know, so I am so excited about it, and I am not afraid to talk about it. People are like, "You're going to talk about it? Are you not afraid?" I'm like, "Have you heard, seen the title of my book, Unreported? <laughs> <laughs> you have to talk about it. So, yeah. if that helps someone else, so I believe this is a success story, right? Yes. All that was my boot camp training in Mm -hmm. any major thing that you want to do. You have to go through so much training. So I just think of it as a training and I am doing well. I am helping somebody else do well. And on a professional level, of course, I had a computer science degree and I married a guy who also had computer science and engineering. So we opened a software company and we were successful, which was um, not rare, but in a way, you know, not everybody gets that kind of success that we did. Mm -hmm. But still we were on the same path of what we were doing, right? We had computer science. We had the skills that needed to be done. And then I moved to California by myself. I did not know a single soul. And I met people. I was like, who's going to come see me in my apartment and find me and want to talk to me? Nobody. So I'm going to get out and I'm going to go talk to people. So I joined a wine club I don't even drink wine, <laughs> just to hang out with people. <laughs> you know, it was very close to my house, and I was I would walk, and it was very casual in Malibu, so I would just hang out, and they would pour three little wines, and I would just kind of sip on them and talk to people, and and uh, I made friends out of that i made friends with this one person who had a tabloid kind of a magazine
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, i told him yeah i've re- done some writing and i would like to write so he liked my style of writing and then i met another couple who was really old and they were artists they had a lot of art they wanted to put up an art show i had nothing to do i had just moved here so yeah. i helped them put up an art show and nice. now people saw my business end of it because i you know everybody locals all the celebrities and people they were all there and it was a nice restaurant and we did a good show and people thought it was my show. So I got to know a lot of people. And now this magazine person, he was obviously looking for some partner. So he asked me if I would like to partner. I bought a small part in the magazine. I turned it into a um, glossy, beautiful magazine that came out every month because he was a hippie kind of person. He only published whenever he wanted to publish. So now I brought my business background to say what I want to do and then do what I say. And because I was, it was like very, I got this freedom to write and I was writing about emotional stuff and physical stuff because I'm a physically very active person, a runner and jogger. And, you know, I do crazy things like jumping out of a plane. But uh, so I would start writing and telling people what's going to come next and people started expecting. And of course I was also meeting people. I was going to different places. And uh, that turned my magazine into a huge success. And from that, I met other people. They invited me to women in films and then I wrote a screenplay and now I have the screenplay. So a lot of, you know, my life is success. My magazine was a success. My, then I, oh yeah, I started doing spiritual psychology. I finished that. In the meantime, I was doing uh, events at Pepperdine. I met the counselor and I said, why don't you do psychology? I'm like, I don't really wanna be a therapist again, this and that, I wanna be a peacemaker. And we literally walked to the dispute resolution center. I wrote my application right there. They gave me admission on the spot while we're sitting in their office. And they said, don't worry, the other stuff will come because the classes have already just started this week. So you start your classes. My transcripts from Michigan came later. To prove that I can do it, and you know that I have a bachelor's degree before that, and so that went well. So everything's been great. You know, I graduated with master's degree and dispute resolution at Pepperdine Law School, and I did that. Now I'm you know speaking, and so I'm always tweaking what I'm doing. So I stay open, but uh, I consider this a success story. You know, now I'm talking to you.
0: (laughs) This is amazing. Yeah, I would love to change gears and uh, move us into my favorite part of the show, which we call the one line life lessons. I'd love for you to share a few of your life lessons with us.
1: Okay, that I have to, I mean, first of all, I always say, let people know how you want to be treated. Yes, that's how people will treat you, right? So true. We don't know how we want to be treated and accept anything. And that's what happens. But uh, there are a couple of the things you know. I wrote just so I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and of course that I said, love yourself enough so you are never craving to from love from somebody else. Right? Mm-hmm. When people say you complete me, nobody completes anybody. <laughs> I'm a complete person. Yes. You don't want to come to me? Come as a complete person so we can enjoy life together, right? And be grateful, which I said. Earlier, you know, be mm-hmm. grateful. And if I want to show you the view or where I am or two little puppies, I am grateful every day. I'm happy, and just had a grandbaby. I'm, you know, again, even everything. Talking to you, talking to Sahara, you know, all my spe- people that I've met, it's all beautiful. I'm grateful for everything, and uh, uh, I want to live life on my own terms. I want to encourage other people. I don't want to be controlled or told to do things that i don't want to do of course i want guidance of course i have advisors but still on my own terms and the lastly i always tell people is don't be afraid of taking risks take a risk you know don't be stupid about it but take a risk do something new and enjoy life you know keep life exciting
0: thank you Vera. really appreciate you sharing the life lessons and for more importantly, sharing your journey and story with us. Keep doing what you do, keeping you, empowering people all over the world as you have and, and you will continue to do. Thanks again.
1: Thank you so much. This was fun.
0: It indeed was. Thank you.
1: <laughs> have, a fun, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you.